0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about, or at least reflect upon, uh, the lessons that COVID or 2020 has taught us. Without trying to come across too philosophical, I believe that life offers us lessons, but we must be prepared to look for them. And quite often after really any event, uh, both positive and negative, uh, I personally like to reflect and go, okay, what have we learned? What worked? Uh, What would I repeat? And what would I do differently? And I think if you do that, uh, certainly I do that at a professional level, but of course also at a a personal level. And I, I think if you do that, sometimes there's nothing to learn and that's fine, but quite often there is. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to go through the experience to learn it. So, for example, if one of my clients does something uh, that turns out positive and negative, I, I still like to do that to to find the learn as many learnings uh, as possible. Of course, twenty twenty's been a bit of a crazy year, and I think we're all looking forward to twenty twenty one. We're all looking forward to uh, a vaccination, and we're looking forward to. Um, covid being something that's in the rear vision mirror rather than the windscreen uh but you know reflecting on this year i you know there's been some really positive outcomes i'm really proud of all my clients that except for one they've all stayed the course only one client insisted on selling down some investments when the pandemic hit but to be fair there was some extenuating circumstances uh Thankfully, though, a lot of clients invested new monies. We helped them invest new monies, particularly during the market volatility, you know, during March, April, May, during those times. And and whilst those investments were made with the sole goal of maximising long-term returns, not chasing short-term profits, the performance has been very, very good on those investments. So, for a lot of clients has actually been a, a pretty positive experience. Uh, but as I said, I'd like to look for the learning. So what has uh, 2020 taught us or reminded us? I think the first thing is to expect market crashes. Market corrections are just not that uncommon. They seem to occur every eight to 12 years. And of course, the thing that causes the correction, the thing that causes the volatility or the crash, is always unique and different but and most importantly completely unpredictable you know and that's why it causes such volatility because the market gets spooked it's an event that no one really anticipated or could have predicted sometimes uh, and that's why it always feels so dramatic and it always feels this time is different so if anything you know if you can walk away after listening to this podcast what I'd like to ring in your ears is next time a market correction happens, listen and watch, and you'll see that people tell you this time is different. Uh, And whilst every crash is, or at least feels different, and to some degree it is different because it's caused by different things, they're also all the same. The first thing is that the market tends to overreact, and all investments get punished, all asset classes get punished, almost regardless of quality and outlook. You know, in March, everything fell: shares, bonds, gold, like everything interest rates, everything fell, which is a which is that that's actually a unique outcome. Sometimes you see gold or bonds rise if the if shares fall strongly, uh, but so it it showed us very clearly that you know there's no there's no common sense here, um, and and the reality is that a crisis will tend to impact some sectors, geographical locations, or asset classes greater, to a greater extent. And so you can find the, I guess, arbitrage or opportunities in markets when everything gets punished, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Secondly, markets tend to rebound much faster than we expect. In every crisis, uh, and I'm thinking about, I've lived through, or at least as a professional, lived through uh, three um, I was uh, still in school when '87 when the 87 share market crash happened. Uh, but the, the tech rec, uh, GFC and now the pandemic are the sort of three major events uh, in my professional lifetime. Uh, and during the, those events, uh, you know you, you, uh, your view at that time is it's going to take many years to recover. But the market is very adfor- very forward looking and I shared a chart uh, and obviously the links in the show notes and on the blog on the website. But I shared a chart in March uh, of all the crashes over time, and it shows within uh, three to five years, the the re- returns in share markets are typically above mean, above average. So share markets bounce back relatively quickly. Uh, so what can we learn from this? Uh, well, I think we can learn that if we're going to invest in shares, and to some degree really any asset class, expect volatility. Don't be spooked by it. And don't be surprised when it occurs. You can be surprised at the cause, of course, uh, because the cause is always different. But the actual fact it's happened, it's normal. It's going to happen. It'll happen again. Um, Stay the course. Don't let it spook you. Don't let it um, veer you off course either. Don't let it uh, entice you into um, throwing out your plan and starting again and making any rash decisions. And where appropriate invest some more money. If you see some volatility, if you see markets not behaving sensibly, it could be a good sign that you should be making additional investments rather than no investments. The second uh, learning I think we got taught in 2020 or reminded of is focus on the long term, play the long game. And I've said this many times in many podcasts, but in times of Crisis in times of high volatility, in times of high uncertainty, it's really difficult to focus on the long term. It's difficult because you—it's it, really difficult to visualize how the crisis get, is going to pay out. You know, we didn't know about COVID and the mortality rate and how it spreaded and um, what sort of impact it would have and how quick we could get a vaccine. And there was so many, so much uncertainty. Uh, and because of that uncertainty, if all we did is focus on the short run, you know, we're going to get confused. We're going; it's going to be paralyzing. We'll never make a, a financial decision. Whereas, if we just stick to long term trends, if we just stick to long term investing, much much easier to make a financial decision. For example, take the world um, share index. Uh, so um, between uh, 1970 and 2019. So 50 years, it's generated a return of 10.7% in Australian dollars. 10.7% over 50 years. That is a long-term return. Over that 50 years, we've had, <laughs> we've had lots of market crashes, lots of different events and so forth. So, for example, if you just turned around mid-crisis and said, I'm going to go buy the World Share Index, that is a good quality long-term decision. And we know that if you did that, you might not be better off in a month's time and even might not be better off in a year's time. But we know because markets tend to rebound strongly within at least a five-year period, often quicker, but, but um, uh, it doesn't need much more than five years, that if we invest in that asset, it's very likely, highly likely, if we look at trends that will achieve better long-term outcomes. So by just taking that long-term approach Sticking to assets and evidence-based strategies, you know, there's a strong evidence. There's the evidence, 10.7% over 50 years. You don't need much more evidence. It's an index, very easy, cheap to invest in, very diversified, makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm not suggesting everyone invest in the World Share Index. I just use that as an example, of course, but it's the approach that I use when investing client monies during March, April, and May, really at the time of the, the height of kind of uncertainty, It was about picking markets that we would otherwise invest in even if the pandemic didn't occur. It's about uh, adopting strategies and approaches that we would adopt if the pandemic didn't occur. It's really about focusing on 5, 10, 15, 20 years. How can we maximise returns rather than focusing on what are we going to do for the next few months? How's it going to play out for the next two years? That short-term focus is paralysing. It'll entice you to either not make a decision Uh, and just procrastinate or make the wrong decision. So the lesson here is, the pandemic's lesson to you from an investment perspective, is always play the long game. Focus on making decisions that that are focused on maximizing the greatest financial impact for you over a 10 plus year period. That's what you should be constantly asking yourself. What can I do today? What actions and decisions can I take? so that in 10 years from now, I'll be financially much better off. And I think the pandemic, 2020 as a year, great teaching lesson for that. Uh, Number three, cash buffers are important. Uh, You know, having plenty of cash savings really provides that sleep at night factor, if you like. I typically like my clients to hold somewhere between six and 12 months of general living expenses in cash. So, you know, if they're spending... $100,000 $100,000 a year, I like to have fifty to $100,000 just in cash savings. Uh, it's important because, uh, well, it's, it's important for very obvious reasons, of course, but if your income is to unexpectedly change, uh, you can still have that sleep at night. In fact, you can know that, look, if I don't have any income for a year, I'll be okay well, I mean, you'll be still be able to pay for living expenses. I'm sure you'll have to make some sacrifices, but you don't have to really uh, lie awake at night and worry about it. It also gives you plenty of time, a long enough runway to make some decisions, uh, whether that's selling some assets or making some changes, but you've got some some space in order to make those decisions. You don't have to panic and make them overnight and so forth. And uh, I guess the pandemic also shows that Whilst we might be in a really secure job or really secure industry, things can change at a global level that can, can upset that level of security. So having buffers in loans, having cash in the bank, having cash in offset accounts, uh, really, really important. Uh, if you run a business, critically important. Certainly hospitality work worked that one out. Uh, unfortunately, I feel so sorry for the hospitality industry, particularly in Melbourne. They've suffered a lot. Um, uh, proportionally much worse than any other industry, really. Uh, So um, having plenty of cash, uh, Virgin and Qantas realised that as well, having lots of cash in the bank uh, meant that they survive or will survive the pandemic. Uh, So cash is king. So if you don't have, where's the lesson for this year? The lesson is if you don't have six to 12 months worth of living expenses, then I reckon that should be your number one goal for 2021, is start accumulating Some cash savings, a rainy day fund uh, to provide that level of security. Next lesson, number four, is uh, financial security really gives you that sleep at night factor. You know, many people work hard for years and decades and sometimes have very little to show for it other than their home, probably a home loan and some compulsory super, of course. But building anything out, building wealth outside of those assets. Uh, which are almost sort of compulsory assets, if you like. I mean, you need a home and you're forced to have super, but you need to really build a nest egg outside of those assets. Just in case you wake up one day, we have a pandemic, it's worse than the last one, or something else that's completely unexpected and and we can't anticipate, anticipate today, but you know that if you've got a strong asset base, you've got something to fall back on. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people started thinking about when COVID hit was that I really wasted the past few years. I really didn't take enough of my surplus cash flow and put it to hard work to build wealth. Uh, And it's kind of a missed opportunity because if I had have done that, I don't then need to um, agonize over potentially losing my job or having my bonus cut or having to being forced to go down three days a week or making those sorts of compromises that a lot of really large global businesses had to make uh, when the pandemic hit and that we couldn't have anticipated, uh, say, towards the end of last year, for example. Uh, So having a plan, um, making sure you've got uh, some surplus investable cash flow and doing something smart with that, really important. And the best time to start that is today. Well, the best time was probably yesterday, but uh, if you didn't start yesterday, then the best time is to start today. So, again, could be a little bit of a wake up call for you. Maybe it's a goal for 2021 to really start building your financial position, giving yourself some financial security, making sure you've got some assets that if everything blows up, you can go and sell those assets and put some money in the bank. Uh, and uh, and make sure that your family and, and that yourself, of course, is secure. The last lesson, uh, number five, I think, uh, is we've got to be really careful about what information we feed our brain. When the pandemic hit, I stopped, I personally stopped watching commercial TV. Now, admittedly, I didn't watch a lot of commercial TV. Most of it's rubbish, of course. But I found that the news in particular uh, was just ridiculously alarmist, alarmist and unbalanced. It didn't help me to become better informed and all it did is just created higher levels of uncertainty. And look, if if we think about it logically, we know logically that if all we put in our bodies is unhealthy foods, then we're going to have an unhealthy body and our brain is no different. So we must proactively filter what we watch and read. Um, We can't expect to make good long-term financial decisions if we're in a constant state of anxiety influenced by misinformation. I won't say fake news or fake media. I don't want to uh, use that quote. But really, uh, we have to understand that um, the, the media just wants our attention because they'll sell that attention to advertisers. So they will do anything a headline, a news story, something additional to be worried about, um, they'll always dangle it in front of our eyes to grab our attention because attention makes money for them. So how can we apply that? Uh, Where's the lesson in that? Uh, Well, of course, there's a lesson in when a pandemic hits, be really careful and turn the TV off. Um, But of course, let's then just think about in a normal kind of non-pandemic time, well, think about, you know, what you're reading. Um, Some parts of the media will always talk negatively about investing and borrowing and property prices and the property market and financial advisors can't be trusted and all these sorts of things. These sorts of negative news stories uh, grab attention uh, so be careful about what you read. Be balanced. I, I'm not saying don't read any negative stories. I think you need to have a, a balance of positive and negative stories, of course, to find the truth, which is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, but be very careful about what you're reading. And most importantly, who you're listening to. Uh, and that's not that's just really about podcasts, but that's also most importantly about friends and family. They're all well-meaning, but they've got their own um ideas about what's right and what's wrong that can be shaped by many different things and and sometimes they're not necessarily that helpful. So be really careful about the kind of information you're putting inside your head uh, because, again, that's going to determine whether you make really good quality decisions. Reflecting on 2020, for me personally, it's been a wonderful year for my wife and I. Um, we've bought and sold residential property where no one else really wanted to uh, in fact, uh, just a few days before uh, Melbourne went into stage four lockdown, uh, it was, a, a, I mean, there was a, a great opportunity for us and we jumped on it even though no one was really that interested in buying or selling property at that stage. Uh, we've invested a lot in shares uh, and also we've invested in commercial property during the year as well. So we've really uh, taken our opportunities and the only reason for me to share that information is to point out I follow my own advice or I eat my own cooking. And I think that's really important. It's one thing to tell people what to do, uh, but if they're not doing it themselves, uh, I think it lacks uh, credibility. So one thing's for sure, there will be another crisis. It will be a unique event, and in the heights of all the hysteria, it will feel really uncertain and it will feel like the world has changed forever so I have two important questions for you. What can you start doing today to prepare yourself and your family for the next crisis? So you've got a strong financial position to weather any storms. And secondly, what would you do differently when it hits? That's it for me this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating Uh, please leave a review and please share with family and friends if there's other people that you think will enjoy listening to the podcast the only way it's going to spread is if you talk about it so i appreciate you talking about it Uh, that's it for me until next week bye for now